Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today we're going to be opening up the Word of God to Jeremiah chapter 17. And briefly this morning, we're going to talk about humans versus God. (laughs) By the way, let me cut to the chase here. God wins, okay? Uh, Humans versus God. (laughs) Uh, You know, life is not a test to prove that you're right. (laughs) You know that? Well, I tell you, some of us could at times, you know, I could at times uh, get a little reminder that life is not a test to prove that I am right. Life is an opportunity to follow Jesus and be right. Uh, When it comes to truth, human wisdom, human intellect, and even human nature cannot be trusted. Our human wisdom cannot be trusted. It's not the same as the wisdom which comes from above. But God, nonetheless, gives us an opportunity to believe Him. Not everything a person believes is true, you know. But when you believe God, you're believing the truth. The prophet Jeremiah lived during some very difficult times in Israel. It was a time when the nation was going into captivity and and people didn't know what to do. They were confused. They were looking around because things were happening that had never happened before and and, and they were standing in, in jeopardy of losing everything that they had worked for and they did not know what to do. But even though their nation was going into captivity, even though things were changing all around them, and even though confusion was everywhere, Jeremiah had a word from God for them. This word is going to, to, to uh, begin in Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. It's going to have a little negative connotation at first. But then it's going to get a little more positive, okay? So, uh, you know, look what God said to the people who were confused and did not know what was going on around them. Didn't know what to do. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Won't even recognize it. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse 7. Let's change gears here, okay? Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And whose hope is in the Lord. Whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, which spread out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. Wow, isn't that a little bit concerning? But, you know, that's how it is when man trusts in man, even when we trust in ourselves. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
I, the Lord, verse 10 says, I search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. As a partridge that broods but does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by right. It will leave him in the midst of his days, and at his end he will be a fool. Oh, my goodness. You know, God gives people the right to be wrong. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that God, Almighty God, gives us the right to be wrong, but not without penalty? God allows the circumstances that we often put ourselves in to develop our own nature. You know, I am watching grandchildren now who have, who, who have moved back, and I'm watching them grow through seasons of life and watching them grow through moments that I watched my children go through. And as we grow, we encounter circumstances, situations, opportunities, and we, are in, you know, we encounter the Word of God, and we encounter the wisdom of men, and we encounter also our human nature. And the circumstances of life can develop our human nature and if we you know are not watchful sometimes we can begin to trust our heart more than we trust the Lord if God's holy and gracious restraint is ever removed from a man or from off the earth you know what happens all hell breaks loose you know God has a holy and a righteous restraint that he has on his children you know, we are God's children, and the Bible says that God loves us, and, 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 and if God loves you, that He will correct you and chastise you. He will encourage you. He will restrain you. But if He ever removes His restraint, then we are left at best to our own devices. We are left at best to our own wisdom, or to the wisdom of a friend, or perhaps to our own intellect. And God forbid that we are left to figure things out for ourselves and not have the guiding hand of God in our life. Well, history is evident and filled with moments and with individuals that it appears that God relaxed a restraint, that perhaps he stopped dealing with them, as Romans, the first chapter says, and perhaps they become reprobate and begin to call good evil and evil good, begin to want things that, 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 that are not best, and, 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 and if you're not watchful, you know, uh, they can uh, you know, begin to take root. Our own human nature can so quickly take root in our lives and can begin to bear fruit, which may not be God's best. History proves that. Take Adolf Hitler, for example, uh, who may or may not be in some history books this year. But uh, let's, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about him anyway for a moment. It was only, you know, 80 years ago. Take Adolf Hitler. Uh, you know, he was the leader of an army and a nation that was responsible for spreading rumors and teaching lies that led to the horrific murdering of six million Jews. You know, that really happened. It's only 80 years ago, as I said. And men and women are alive today who fought against the Nazi regime because they understood that what he was believing and what he was teaching was not the truth. But there are also men and women alive today who fought for that regime because they believed that what he was teaching and what he was proposing was true. Isn't that amazing? That there are men and women alive today who fought on both sides of the issue that see it a little differently today than they did at that moment, perhaps. 
What made it all so powerful was the fact that Adolf Hitler truly believed that what he was teaching and what he wanted to do was going to make the world a better place. Can you imagine that today from today's perspective? Can you imagine from today's perspective someone really believing that they're going to make the world a better place by killing a people group? or by marginalizing them, or by running them out of business, or by disallowing them some freedom or some advantage that they allow everyone else, simply because they are of a group of people, not an individual, but because they belong to a group of people. We have seen this happen over and over in our nation and around the world for millennia. Well, everyone except those, you know, uh, uh, he, he believed he was going to make the, better, you know, the world a better place for everyone. Everyone except those who were Jews, those who were infirmed, those who were elderly, those who were intellectual and may not agree with him, those who had individual faults, those who perhaps you know, were mentally challenged or those uh, he viewed as a threat to his total control of everything from media to anything, whatever. He, uh, anything that did not allow him to completely consume and control, he found as an enemy. The world was not going to be a better place for them, of course, but it's going to be a better place for everyone. Basically, it would just be a better place for him and those that were loyal members and supporters of his Nazi political party that he wanted to run. Boy, doesn't this sound like a repeat of, 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 of generations and centuries? It's history, okay? It's what happens when human nature gets in control. It's what happens whenever people stop following God and stop following what they think is best. Because, you know, people can think things are best and they can be absolutely nutty. But yet, they have such passion, such energy, such drive. It looks as though that they have such good arguments and reasons and intellect that people will begin to go, you know, I think that's right. You know, I've seen that. You know, and all of a sudden, without God, you know, when, 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 when God relaxes, as it were, you know, boom, evil seems to take front and center stage. This was not the first time nor the last time that people who are deceived have gotten into power over nations and began causing pain and ruining lives, thinking that they were doing everyone a favor. Being in charge and being passionate about your cause does not equal being right. Listen very carefully. I even wrote this so that you could see it. There is a certain energy that comes along with delusion. I'll show you that in the Bible in a moment. But there's a certain energy, a certain passion. There's a certain persuasion. There is a certain energy that comes along with delusion. This energy of deceit makes people want to fight for the lie that they believe. And by the way, uh, people who are deceived, if you get in a fight with them, they don't fight fair. Okay? That is one of the marks of deception, one of the marks of delusion. Being in delusion is that there's nothing to support it. There's no ground to fall to. There's no rock to fall upon. There's no bottom that pit. Sin knows no boundaries. And when people who are in delusion receive that energy of deception, it makes them want to fight for the lie that they are believing, and they do not fight fair. Jeremiah reminded us that blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. 
Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord and not in his own heart. A person does not have to be wicked to be deceived. Okay? They don't have to be wicked to do evil. They just have to be deceived. A person does not, you know, it's not just evil and wicked people that are deceived. There are wonderful, good, nice. In fact, I submit to you that, 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 that some of the nicest people that you're ever going to meet are deceived. It takes a step of faith to believe God more than you believe your own heartfelt human nature. It takes a real step of faith to believe God more than you believe your intellect. It takes a real step of faith to trust God more than you trust your wisdom. It takes a real step of faith to believe God more than you believe your heartfelt human nature. Just ask Eve who had to struggle in the Garden of Eden. The true test of deception is not based on who can put forth the best argument from a human standpoint. She had the best argument from a human standpoint. She had the argument, but the argument was against God. Humans versus God. Her argument was, was sounded good. It felt good. It seemed right. It had truth laced in it. And, 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 and yet it was so wrong. And her decision to do what she did was based on what she really believed and what she really felt and what she really wanted. But yet it was against God. You see, truth is not determined by a show of hands. Truth is determined by the Word of God. To believe anything but God's Word is to be deceived. I know that's a big statement, but that's the truth. To believe anything more than you believe the Word of God is to be deceived. And the problem with the deception is it's so deceptive that you don't know when you're deceived. Because if you know when you're deceived, you're not deceived. You're just wicked and evil. Hello? <laughs> oh, come on. This is good preaching. It's truth. Yeah, come on, two, 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 three people, yeah. Come on, come on at home. Let's give God a good hand, okay? Because, you know, God speaking through me amazes me more than him speaking through Balaam's donkey, by the way. You know, Eve was not a bad person. Eve was not a bad person. She was a good person. She was the daughter of God. She was a perfect ten in God's eyes. And, and Adam's too, right? <laughs> But, you know, uh, she really thought that she was doing something good. She really thought she was doing best. She was deceived. She went with her heart. She went with, you know, her human nature. She went with what she believed and what she felt. And, you know, uh, you know a, a person can be sincere, but be sincerely wrong. And, you know, uh, good people make bad decisions every time they stray from the Word of God. You have to admit that strong delusion is afoot. I'm going to read this paragraph that I, that I read, okay, that, that, that I wrote, okay, this week, because I, I want to say it right. You have to admit that strong delusion is afoot. When nations prescribe the removal of prayer from schools, the removal of the Ten Commandments from courthouses, and the forcible and often violent removal of unborn children from the protective environment of their mother's womb, and unashamedly call the procedure of stopping of the viable heartbeat of a helpless, healthy, living child pro-choice or planned parenthood. Yeah. Strong delusion is afoot. 
Strong delusion, heartfelt. And remember, you know, the, the, the true test of deception is not who can put forth the, the, the strongest argument from a human standpoint. Deception is when we do not believe what God said more than we believe what man says. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 11, the Apostle Paul writes this, And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. This is where I got that relaxing, God relaxing. You see, because God does not sin in a classic way, He does not cause someone to sin. He does not send sin into a person's life. The Bible says in James that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does He tempt any man with evil. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust conceives, it brings forth sin. And when sin conceives, it brings forth death. James was very plain about this, that God does not tempt people with evil. However, this particular verse, along with all the other verses from from Exodus, Genesis actually, all the way to Revelation, is that there is a time and there is a penalty when someone is offered a right way from God that God may not always strive with a person to do right. He may at times back up and say, well, fine, Balaam, go ahead if that's what you want to do. And when that happens, that's what this sin is indicating. That God allows, if you will, strong delusion that they should believe the lie. For this reason, God will send strong delusion. For this reason? What reason? What, what? Well, all you have to do is read the statement right above it to find out for what reason. In verse 11, or excuse me, verse 10, it says, Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Because they had been offered the truth and they did not receive. They did not love the truth that they could be saved. They did not receive this love of the truth, the love of God's word, so that they could be saved. For this reason, God will just, okay, fine, then then do it your way. Verse 12 continues with another confirmation as to whom God is referring. uh, Who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, they're even pleased with themselves, happy with themselves when they win an argument against the Word of God. Absolutely party and have wonderful times. I mean, who in the world would take pleasure in, 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 in doing something so unrighteous as the murdering of innocent children? Well, let me tell you why. Remember, it's not bad people that, that you know, it's not relegated to only bad people or evil people but people who are deceived people who 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 have who have not accepted the love of the truth they trust man more than they trust god perhaps even themselves you know it feels good to feel like you're doing something good go with me on this Play that over in your mind. It feels good to feel like you're doing something good or something noble for someone else who is in need. It feels good. It felt good this morning for us to help these families, these children in Kenya. It feels good to feel like you're doing good. So that when you feel like you're doing something noble, you feel like you're doing something good, you get this feel-good rush. But the problem is not everything that we call good, God calls good. That's the deception. They call good evil and evil good. You get mixed up. You call sweet bitter and bitter sweet. You get mixed up. Everyone wants to be kind and caring. And and based on feelings, almost anything can be justified. 
Almost anything can be justified whenever you base your decisions on feelings, when you base your decisions on your intellect, when you base your decisions on your wisdom. You know, on, 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 you know uh, isn't it kind of scary that, that the only thing that you have, if you don't have the Word of God, the only thing you have to make any decision about anything at any time is the limited amount of information that you have on that subject at that moment. Wow. Whether I like a person, don't like a person, whether I, you know, am going to, uh, you know, embrace this or, or, or not do that or go here or go there. You know, it, 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 it's just amazing. But you can justify anything based on feelings. Still, it's difficult to imagine people being pleased with doing things that you know are so, it's just so wrong. It's so wrong for people to be led around energetically by lies and falsehoods. Like what happened with Hitler. People were led around. I mean, people, uh, yes, I want why because of the passion. When someone, you know, has that energy of that deception, that is a powerful energy. That is a delusion. The, the energy of delusion is a powerful energy. In fact, when the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter in verse 11, that God will send them strong delusion, do you know what the word strong delusion is in the Greek? If you rightly cut that out and order that out and rephrase that, it means the energy of deception. God will send them. God will back up and allow the energy of their deception to overwhelm them. Fine. If that's what you are bent on doing and not doing my word, then and all of a sudden the energy and the passion for doing wrong and the passion for going against God and the passion for fighting against God uh, rises up from the human nature, not from the God nature, but from the human nature, which the Apostle Paul said, I must crucify my flesh daily. I must renew my mind, crucify my flesh, and bring my body into subjection because if I'm not led by the spirit i will be led by the flesh or the soul or by this 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 body that craves and lusts after things that's not god's will and i can lust and crave after things with such a passion with such an energy and then as balaam did if you'll read the story in numbers chapter 22 you can find also if you're not watchful you will begin to teach other people and lead other people away from god by your own intellect your own wisdom by your own arguments from a human standpoint by your own ideas and justifications as to why this is best and that's not yeah but you know no, no listen there's such energy in deception deception has its own energy not that god sends deception deception either comes from a demonic influence or from a, a, a carnal influence the carnal human nature or demons either one can create that passion and that energy of deception and when men are in delusion you know uh, it's 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 difficult to bring them out um, you know Eve deceived herself into believing what she felt and wanted outweighed what God wanted she didn't think she was doing bad she thought she was doing good in fact I would submit to you she was doing good she just wasn't doing God but don't you know it felt good? And not only that, it felt so good to her, and she was so convinced that she went to her husband and said, oh, my goodness, you've got to try this. And she convinced him, and he, the nut, followed her along. Why? Because no doubt she had an energy and she had a passion. 
No doubt that I mean she was she she had an argument. She put forth. I'm not. No, you know, it it does not tell us all the things she did to get him to the point to where he said yes. You know, all those people who who followed you know uh, the evil Nazi regime of that day and ended up marching people into gas chambers. My grandson. Uh, Jacob and I just a couple of years ago we went and we uh, we backpacked uh, some countries in in Europe and and we went to Dachau we went to Dachau uh, to prisoner of war camp and went into those gas chambers where where there had to be there had to be men and women there who led those unsuspecting Jews into that chamber and told them it was showers leave your clothes here and go in the next room take a shower you're gonna be given new clothes in the next room well, I'm sorry, but, you know, leave your clothes here. Go to the next room, you get gassed, and you're to the next room were the ovens. And out back was the unmarked graves. You know, Hitler didn't do that by himself. And they thought they were doing right. Wouldn't it be horrible to be signed on to something today that you really believed because of some human argument, because your own nature you know, speaks to you that that is good, that that is good, but yet it goes against the Word of God, all that is right and holy. How can we avoid this trap of human nature? Very quickly, I'll give you three things from, from Jeremiah 17 that the Lord said to the people in Israel who were going through a confusing moment. And their nation was going through a confusing moment. How do we settle this? How do we know? I mean, I don't want to be on the cursed side that trust in man. I want to be on the blessed side that trust in God. I want to be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that, you know, brings forth my fruit in its season. You know, I don't, you know, well, n- number one out of Jeremiah 17, you can go back and read those verses, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Uh, and uh, um, uh, you're going to find out that Jeremiah from, from the Lord said this, put your trust, put your hope. Put your confidence, put your hope in God. Trust Him and not man. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. Read this this week. If you don't read another one, read this one. And read it in the New King James Version or the New Living Version because I know those two say the same thing. Do you know it says in in, in, uh, uh, Isaiah the 8th chapter in in verse number 11, uh, don't believe all the, you know, don't be like everybody else and call everything a conspiracy. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I think I might have told you that when I read that here in my Bible reading a couple of weeks ago, I read through it. I thought it was a conspiracy. I thought somebody had rewritten that Bible. (laughs) What I've realized since is that God didn't say it wasn't a conspiracy. He said, just don't be like everybody else calling it a conspiracy and being all afraid about it. That whole chapter is about trusting the Lord. Trust the Lord. Listen, there are bad things happening all around us. And some of those things that, 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 that are happening, you know, we, are, we, we, we cannot at this moment change some things that are happening. But we don't have to be a part of it, and we do need to trust God. We don't need to take sides, good or bad. We need to take God. Put your hope in God. Number two, spread out your roots. 
spread out your roots. What in the world does that mean? Well, as, as, as Jeremiah was saying there, uh, speaking uh, you know, by the Spirit of God, that, that you need to let your roots go down like a, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You spread out your roots. You let your roots go down uh, so that you don't have to you know, uh, uh, be concerned. Uh, Psalms 1, uh, uh, you know, I mean, God just starts off Psalms 1 by saying, you know, uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, nor, you know, uh, you know it, it gets down to verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law will meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so. It continues all the way through verse 6. But... Uh, in Psalms 1, in connection with Jeremiah 17, the reason we let our roots go out, the reason we get deeper in God, the reason we, we do more worship, we do more reading, is so that when trouble comes, we can survive. In fact, we can thrive. Okay? So number one, put your hope in God. Number two, spread out your roots. Get rooted in God's word. And number three, this is what Jeremiah said in, uh, as he's speaking for the Lord. Do, you know, do not fear the heat. Don't fear the heat. I've, I've, I've made a decision. I loved what uh, one, one of the ladies said to me uh, just, uh, just this morning as I was meeting and greeting. Uh, when, I, when I shook her hand, she said, uh, you know, um, we're not going to be motivated. These are my words. I, I won't get it exactly. We're not going to be moved by fear anymore. You know, we're just not going to be just, just not going to be you know dominated, moved by fear. My words. And I thought, you know, that's a decision everybody needs to make. Everybody needs to make that decision. I am not going to be captivated, motivated. I am not going to be dominated by fear. You know, I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to let my roots go down in Him. And I am not going to be afraid of the heat. I'm not going to be afraid of the drought or the dry days. That doesn't mean there won't be dry days. It doesn't mean it won't be hot. But it means that I'm not going to let that control me. I, I'm, listen, I've had enough of that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, right now, I believe with all of my heart that God wants you to put your hope in him he also wants you to get deeper to 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 spread your roots out to let let, let them go out into god's word into worship so that you can get to the place where you won't fear the heat you know doesn't mean the heat won't come it just means we're not going to be afraid right god is resettling he's doing some resettling he's re resettling people in churches some of you watching a church online, you know God's been speaking to you about getting back in service. Okay, uh, Let me encourage you. Hear from God and obey Him. Okay, uh, Just follow what the Lord is saying because God is resettling some things right now for the great day which is to come. And also, do you know that tomorrow night the Feast of Tabernacles begins? Wow. God with us. God with man. The tabernacle, the Feast of Tabernacles, will be start the celebration tomorrow night for eight days. What a deal. What an exciting time. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, 
God bless.